Hey everybody, you're listening to Jimmy's Table Podcast, jimmystable.com. I am your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where we like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Today is an important episode. It is episode 10 of the Jimmy's Table Podcast, and I feel like... Well, things are starting to move along, and I'm starting to really develop a strong pipeline of topics and things I want to talk about, and I think episodes are starting to take shape and become the thing that I kind of want it to be. After a bit of trial and error, I'm I'm ready to, I think, start really pushing, uh, hopefully, into um, greatness and and just grandeur and, and awesomeness and and epicness and all the things that this show can be. <laughs> Actually, no. This show is a mistake. Everything that happens here, as well programmed out as it may be, uh, is a mistake. Uh, and I'm really just flying by the seat of my pants. I am not a professional. I am a guy just hanging out in his office uh, or third floor or wherever my wife allows me to record these things uh, in my spare time. So... <laughs> Uh, so anyway, today is episode 10, and today I'm going to talk about 10 keys to being awesome. Now, you might think that sounds kind of weird, and you might think, well, that's also kind of vague. What, what What's this awesome stuff about? Well, if you've known me for any period of time, <laughs> you could have guessed it. I might be awesome. Um, and actually, I would sit there and uh, consider myself awesome. And I think I am, as an awesome person, one of the the best and most qualified people on the face of the planet to to tell you uh, about being awesome. And I say that in absolute and total humility, by the way, just just in case you weren't guessing. Uh, So anyway, you know, I I, I hope you can bear my uh, personality. It can be a little overbearing, uh, but that's what you get with me. Um, But no, in all seriousness, though, I, I, I want to talk about being awesome, and maybe in a kind of a cheeky sort of way, Um, but I I think it is actually a sort of philosophy uh, that that we all should really embrace. Um, And I want to tell you my story about how I came uh, to embrace this philosophy of being awesome, and the things I've learned over the years about being awesome, and how you can better being awesome. It all started uh, with sometime when I was in my 20s. It kind of started off a little bit as a joke. Uh, There was a popular character on TV by the name of Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. Um, And Barney had this thing in which he would go around projecting quite confidently uh, the fact that he was awesome and, well, other people weren't quite awesome. Uh, Barney had a saying that Uh, where he said, when I'm sad, I stop being sad, and I be awesome instead. (laughs) And that kind of became a running joke of uh, the sitcom. And some people kind of, you know, would joke about it in real life, too. And and I was one of those people uh, who picked up on the joke and kind of ran with it because, you know, I was a young 20-something and I thought it was hysterical, and I thought I was hysterical, um, <laughs> and I thought it would be fun to to go around and say, because true to form, uh, just like in the show, uh, you go around saying you're awesome, and people kind of roll their eyes at you, and just be like, okay, yeah, whatever, I, I really know who you are. 
But, you know, the more I got to thinking about it, um, I thought, you know, maybe what started off as kind of a comedic joke in this this sitcom that uh, was very popular at the time, um, that that maybe there was something to this sort of awesomeness philosophy that, you know, Barney Stinson's character kind of embraced. Now, Barney did it in a very obnoxious, over-the-top way, uh, and it was, you know, constantly a, a joke in the show. Um, but, you know, the more I got to thinking about it, I thought maybe there's a little truth to this being awesome thing. And I embraced it uh, for myself. And, and I actually found some biblical support uh, in the notion of being awesome and embracing your awesome self um, from uh, the Psalms. King David, nonetheless, who once waxed eloquently that, and he noticed that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think that's, you know, if I, if I were going to pick that uh, for a, 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 a theology verse to support something in, uh, as a joke in pop culture uh, on TV, it would definitely be uh, the verse from the Psalms uh, where it says, where David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think when you think about that, um, if you were to put that in the message type language or dynamic equivalent uh, for today's modern reader. Um, it, when David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, David was more or less saying, God, I am awesome. I acknowledge you for making me so awesome. Uh, and, and, you know, we that might smack something, you know, sacrilegious at our sensibilities, uh, our sense of holiness. You know, a humble person could never admit that they're humble um, sort of philosophy. But, you know, I think uh, as common as that thinking is um, regarding um, humility and, and whatnot, um, I think there is actually something fundamentally broke um, about that sort of mentality. Because sitting there and acknowledging that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, um, and sitting there acknowledging that I'm awesome, is not an invitation to, to do what Barney did and to just, you know, glory and relish in oneself and just to you know, just, just, just totally be impressed by yourself, um, or any such thing. Rather, the, the philosophy of being awesome and recognizing your awesomeness, your, that you're fearfully, wonderfully made, is not actually an invitation to be full of yourself. Um, it's an actually a opportunity to recognize, um, God and his providence, God and his, um, supernatural interacting with this world, um, God as his role as creator of all things, um, including ourselves, um, and sitting there and thinking, wow, God, you know, you, you, you meticulously, you carefully, you planned me, you were intentional um, in your design of me as a unique individual, as an image uh, bearer of, of God, as, as, a, as a point of reference for, for what God looks like in this world. Um, the opportunity to sit there and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made isn't a cocky opportunity. The opportunity to say, I am awesome, is not a, a, an opportunity for pride, but it's simply to rejoice in the, and delight yourself in the Lord and what God has done in this world. Um, and it's just as uh, humbling to, to glory in the beauty of a sunset as it is uh, the, the fearfulness and wonderfulness and, and awesomeness. Um, in which God himself has created you. Um, unfortunately, I think because we, 
we suffer from a false sense of humility or um, because we suffer and are, are run over with all sorts of insecurities, um, we really are confronted daily um, with a lie that we are less than awesome, um, that we are not fearfully and wonderfully made, that we might even find ourselves to actually be a mistake in something terribly lacking. And I get that. It's, it's easy to, to beat up on yourself. It's easy to say, well, I'm overweight or, you know, or, uh, or I'm not as attractive as I, you know, think I could be. You know, my head's kind of big. My butt's kind of big. You know, <laughs> those sort of things. Maybe my, my face isn't so proportional. My left side looks better than my right side. Um, and when I take my selfies, I have to, you know, be sure to take them from a certain angle so as not to, to, to you know, get a picture of my double chin or, you know, the, the, you know, the kind of insecurities that, you know, I think run over us all because, you know, we all feel less than adequate. We all feel like we're less than, um, who God has potentially, uh, created us to be. Um, but you know, and, and I think, uh, the opportunity to acknowledge there that we are fearfully and wonderfully made to, to be like David, to rejoice in the creation of God, to delight yourself and the handiwork of what God has made. Um, I think that has robbed us of the opportunity to be who God has truly created us to be. And I believe in my heart of hearts is good theology, um, that, you know, good Bible preaching sort of stuff that, yeah, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and I think it's high tide that we, um, high time that we, you know, embrace this. And, and again, not in an arrogant sort of fashion, not in the sense that, um, you know, allows us just to, uh, become these, uh, chauvinistic, full of themselves type meatheads and tools and, 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 you know, Instagram model types who are just obsessed with taking pictures of them and Photoshopping themselves and making themselves look all great uh, for social media. Um, but that, you know, warts and all, that uh, personality hangups and all, and sinners though we may be by uh, disposition as the sons and daughters of Adam, um, with all that said, with all that, you know, all that stuff in our background, I still contend that you and I can theologically and and in great humility, sit there and say, I am awesome. <laughs> uh, now, you can really have fun with this and do it in the Barney Stinson sort of way, um, especially if you're in your 20s knock, or younger. Knock yourself out doing that. Uh, <laughs> I know I did, did it kind of as a running joke in my 20s, and I did it as a way of kind of sizing people up because I noticed if I went around saying, uh, hey, I'm awesome, I noticed it kind of made some people uncomfortable. Uh, and you can get away from that, though, while you're in your 20s because people just think, hey, you're young and stupid. What do you know? Uh, and some people, you know, laugh because they're having a good time with you. And they and, and you have uh, something in your heart that beats uh, with theirs and they recognize it. And they'll be, oh, of course you're awesome. And guess what? I'm awesome, too. Um, but, you know, at the same time, uh, you can get away with that. But, you know, I, I learned when I shortly after I met my wife uh, that my my wife, when shortly before she came, my wife uh, wasn't going to allow me to run around with the "Hey, I'm Jimmy and I'm awesome" uh, sort of thing uh, for too long. Um, and it, it's interesting because I, I used to do that so much. It used to be my thing. It was so much my thing that some girl that I previously dated in my twenties, uh, off and on for a, a little while, uh, at some point, you know, the entire "I'm awesome" thing uh, that I would go around saying, um, she eventually. Got, heard me say it so much uh, that one day out of the blue, she heard somebody reference the word awesome 
And she's like, I heard somebody use the word awesome today and I couldn't help but pick up the phone and, and call you because it reminded me of you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I take my advice with a grain of salt and laugh it with me, my people. Uh, you know, um, I, I say this half seriously, half humorously, half, uh, you know, just, you know, being, you know, well, me. Um, but, you know, uh, I, so I had this thing going on for a long time. And then when I told my wife at first uh, when we were dating, she, she kind of found it funny at first. And then she noticed I said it a lot. And she's like, oh, my gosh, he, he really thinks he is awesome. And then, of course, you know you found the one gentleman when uh, the, there's a lady out there that's willing to tell you. Uh, no, you're really not as awesome as you think. <laughs> uh, and uh, so <laughs> shortly after I got married, I kind of uh, started weaning myself off this going around uh, saying I'm awesome uh, to think, to people sort of things. Um, and uh, I think officially the last time I used it was perhaps in a job interview, actually, uh, when somebody... Uh, said, describe with one word what you are. And I said, awesome. And they looked at me like they were getting ready to fall out of the seat. Uh, oh, yeah, and I didn't get that job, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there comes a point in time where you have to put uh, childish things away. Um, but, uh, you know, even though I don't go around saying, I'm awesome, I'm awesome, I'm awesome anymore, um, because my, my wife thought. Uh, beat it out of me <laughs> um, and, and humbled me a little bit uh, and taught me to keep some things on the inside, uh, you know. Um, th but there's still a very real sense, though, uh, and I believe biblically so, in which, you know, I can sit there and say, Jimmy Humphrey is awesome and say it in a, a, a sober Christ-like spirit and mindset. Um, so anyway, that's the little backstory uh, in today's lesson. But now I want to go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh, no, wait, wait a second. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to pause this real quick. Hold on. I want to play something for you just to show you. I'm really real with this. Everything is awesome sort of thing. I went ahead and when I was watching the Lego movie a couple of years ago, with one of my nephews and niece, uh, uh, watching it. If you've seen the Lego movie, you know, what's possibly going to happen. But there's this fantastic song, uh, that's played in the Lego movie, and I just wanted to share that song with you, uh, because that song, it's on my phone, and it's my ringtone, and every time my phone rings, I hear this. So, <laughs> uh, hi. I hope I humor you people. I really do. Thank you for sticking around with me and tolerating me and my foolishness. Um, yes, I am a 36-year-old man who has a cartoon ringtone on his cell phone so that every time it rings, which, which isn't often, uh, <laughs> uh, that I am reminded of uh, levels of awesomeness. So anyway, I hope you can find that ringtone on your phone. Uh, I forget where I found it, but you can find it online. Make it, make it yours. Make it. If you're going to embrace this awesome lifestyle that I'm talking about, I want you to go and download the Everything Is Awesome Lego Movie uh, ringtone and put it on your phone and you know see if it doesn't turn the occasional head or at least make somebody laugh. So anyway, so uh, let me go ahead and give you a definition of awesome, and I think you know we kind of saw it some already played out in the biblical verse from the Psalms where it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, but there's also the dictionary definition that says, the uh, definition of awesome is, 
extremely impressive or daunting, inspiring great admiration, apprehension, or fear. And I kind of like that because um, there's something about being awesome that is like, what? Awesome. And then there's something about it that's like, oh my gosh, awesome as an atomic bomb dropping on Hiroshima. Awesome. Um, and that um, there's both very pleasant and very negative connotations with the idea of being awesome. But, you know, like David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, there's just something that just inspires awe about the word awesome. <laughs> I know that's really deep. That's really deep. We just, you, you don't even have to pay me for that sort of level deep, folks. Um, but anyway, I, I thought about that and I was like, huh, you know, we can think of awesomeness as in the beauty of a sunrise or sunset, and, but we can also think of awesome in the sense of being overwhelmed um, with something almost out of a sense of fear and shock and respect um, for the power um, that is behind um, awesomeness. So, anyway, um, there's also a great quote um, for those of you who might be fans of The Office. And let's be real, who's not a fan of The Office? If you're not a fan of The Office, I don't even know why you're American. Um, but anyway, if you've ever um, watched The Office, you perhaps caught this one episode um, in which Michael had to compliment Andy um, for his um, performance in a play of Sweeney Todd at the local theater. And, and um, you know, Andy was fishing for a compliment from Michael about his performance. Well, Michael, how did I do? And Michael K. Scott, the, the world's greatest boss, uh, told Andy, I thought you were exactly awesome. No better and no worse. And, you know, I think if you're going to be awesome, you have to realize there's not degrees of awesomeness. You can't be sort of awesome or kind of awesome or more than awesome. You can only be exactly awesome and no better and no worse. So those are some definitions um, and cultural examples of the word awesome that I have supplied with you. I hope you can chew on them and, and find them digestible and delicious. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I want to go ahead and give you 10 keys now um, to being awesome. Because awesomeness is a state of being. It's, it's not something you do uh, that makes you awesome. It's who you are in your personhood. Because like I said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. This is who God has made you to be. So whatever imperfections you may have in, in your life, you know, whatever hang, personality hang-ups you might have that um, might be something less than desirable as far as who you are. Um, how you act and behave and that sort of thing, you know, that's all fine and good. And we can work on those things over time. Um, but I don't think you can really work with those things and become who God has called you to become unless you first and foremost realize that awesomeness is a state of being. So here are 10 keys, again, to what I believe to do to recognize about being awesome. First key, know what you are made of. Life can be hard, and there's going to be some fires, and there's going to be some trials. Embrace them all. Push yourself to the limits. Uh, challenge yourself in life. You know, don't be afraid to hit rock bottom. Um, put yourself out there. And when you do, when you go through the trials of life, when you go through the fires of life, 
um, you come out the other side, you'll know exactly the type of person that you are and who God has made you and what makes you uniquely you. Um, and you'll be able to live the rest of your life out of sen a sense of that. Um, so know what you're made of. Dis discover who, uh, discover yourself. You know, really find out. Be a student of you, um, and get down to the nuts and bolts of what makes you work, what makes you tick, and why you are the way that you are. Um, and I think once you see that, and once you see the fearful and wonderful ways that God has made you and knitted you together, um, you'll be ready to go ahead and walk in awesomeness. So, okay, key number two. Be humbly confident. That's right. Be humbly confident. Emerge from the fires and the battles that you come from as a fire-tested warrior. Um, embrace who you are, but in the process, don't be self-absorbed. But don't be afraid at the same time to boldly live out who God has made you to uniquely be. You don't need to put yourself in a bottle and hide yourself um, and be ashamed of what God has made when he made you. But be humbly confident about that. You don't need to go flaunt it all over the world about, hey, this is me, and this is how great I am, and look at me, look at me, uh, sort of mentality. Um, but, you know, have this quiet, humble confidence about yourself um, that doesn't allow yourself to be easily disturbed um, by the musings and assaults of other people. Tip number three. Be decisive. Knock on all the doors that you can. Seek opportunity wherever you can find it. Um, don't sit around and wait for life basically to happen to you. You know what you're made of. You're humbly confident about that. So be decisive. Don't just sit there and wait for life to pass you by or the universe to grant you something. Um, be a person of action. Go out there and make things happen. Um, I can sit there and think in my life how, you know, a big turning point in my life was one point I was looking for a job and I was having a really, really hard time finding a job. And I determined that at all costs, I was going to find a job and that it was going to be, you know, a job that I could um, support uh, me and my family, future family and, you know, allow me the freedom to to engage in the things that I believe God was calling me to engage in in my life. Um, so I went out there and I pounded on every door that I could. And, it, you know, but don't get me wrong, doors didn't just automatically open. I must have one day just out of, you know, sheer desperation sent out a hundred resumes that I, you know, personally crafted for everybody that I sent them to. I found out who I needed to send them to, their name, their address, the positions that were available at their company, and I sat there and licked and sealed a hundred envelopes and stuffed them with my resume. Um, things still didn't happen for some time, but I never gave up, and I kept trying just to make doors open um, and to be decisive. I wasn't just going to give up. I wasn't just going to allow life to happen to me, even though it was very tempting uh, to let it just roll right over me. 
Um, and I was almost at one point, um, the point of giving up. But once I realized who God had made me to be and what he had called me to do, I just knew in my heart of hearts I couldn't give up. Um, and to this day, I, I, I still pound on doors and knock on doors and seek out opportunity. It's not just something I did once in my life, but it's something I do continually. It's like uh, people who are looking for a job. One thing I tell people who are looking for a job, always be looking for a job. Don't only just be looking for a job when you need it, but on day one of your newest job, you may at least set up a job search um, utility if you have one at work so that it automatically notifies you of opportunities that exist in your company or to seek outside opportunities, whatever it is. Always be looking for your next job on the first day of your new job. Um, so always be decisive. Knock on doors. That's tip number three. Tip number four, when opportunity demands it, take a leap of faith in the dark. There's not going to be too many instances of this happening in your life, but there are going to be decisive moments where the path forward is not clear and is not something you can see, and it's kind of scary, and you're not exactly sure what is going to happen. I think about this um, for my present employer before... I worked at my present employer. I was working somewhere, and I got a call from a temp agency, and they interviewed me and decided I was qualified for the job, and they wanted me to start this new job at um, the place um, that uh, I got hired at, which is the company I work for currently. But they said if I wanted the job, I had to start on Monday. But when they offered me the job, it was Thursday afternoon. <laughs> so I went ahead and decided, you know, what am I going to do? Because this is a great opportunity. Um, do I work the, the customary two-week notice just to, to be proper? Um, and what do I do? Because this is a temp job. You know, there, it's a job that may not even, you know, secure me 90 days of employment. Um, what am I going to do? Um, and not having you know, really even any knowledge of the job that I was being hired for because I was going to have to be specifically trained for this job. And I really didn't know too much about it, even after having sat through a couple interviews for the job. So I was really put in a place where I had to make a decision about what my future was going to be. Um, and I knew that I was in a, a desperate situation and I, I could have just kept plugging away with what was familiar um, and, you know, honored my prior employer by, you know, saying, well, I'm going to refuse this job because you're not allowing me a certain decorum uh, with my present employer. They didn't really like that much, and a job that I really hated. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to risk it. And I don't know what's going to happen as a result. I may take this job, and I may stink at it, and in 90 days, I may find myself without a job. Or I decided... I'm just going to, um, you know, see if I can't kick butt <laughs> and be successful. Um, and, you know, but either way, I'm going to hold nothing back and I'm going to throw myself all into um, this opportunity. And I made the decision um, that when this opportunity presented itself, even though I didn't know too much about the job and if even if I would be any good at doing it, I ultimately took the leap of faith. Um, and, you know, looking back, it was probably one of the most pivotal moments of my entire life. 
um, and it has been a decision that has paid dividends uh, to this day. Because not only did I take the leap of dark uh, into the dark and uh, take out a uh, huge step of faith and just throw out myself out there and trust the Lord to to watch my back, um, but it ended up just changing my life in so many ways because. I ended up taking that job, and I ended up not only doing a great job and getting hired uh, before the 90 days was even out um, from uh, the original temp position that I was hired for, um, but I have since gone on to several promotions um, and have become one of the top people at uh, my company for what I do. And none of that could have happened. Um, I, and, it, and it opened up a lot of financial opportunities, too, for me to not only get out of the financial problems that I was at, um, but to move on in my life and uh, it eventually led me to my wife. Um, and because I was a financially decent place and, and had a career going for me, um, you know, my wife, you know, I could, my wife could say, hey, I look at this guy. And he's somebody I can marry because, you know, he's got a solid head on his shoulders and he's got a decent job and he's not a loser. Um, so, you know, um, and, but and it, it still continues to pay uh, opportunities to this day because not only has it allowed me to marry uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman, um, but it has allowed me the opportunities to pursue a lot of the things that I have pursued over the years in regard to uh, the church and ministry and be involved in the homeless and, you know, being able to put on this podcast and to volunteer with reaching out and helping the youth and teenagers and uh, all, just all the things I've been involved with. And I don't think I would be where I am today were not for that leap in the dark. So, okay, that was tip number four. Tip number five uh, about being awesome. Remember where you've come from while you keep your eyes toward the future. You know, I can still remember, you know, like I can still smell the the mailroom <laughs> that I worked in at the law office, um, and even though I've gone on to being a uh, quote unquote big bad banker um, at uh, one of the the biggest banks in the country, um, and doing all that I do there these days, you know I, I'm still very much aware of where I started out from. I'm still totally aware. And I remember that because I sit there and think, you know, I might be awesome. But even awesome people can be found working in mail rooms um, and copy centers and uh, being a courier and setting up conference rooms um, and that sort of stuff. And even though I have my eye on the future and, you know, possible future job opportunities and things that I would like to do still with my life as far as my career goes and, um, you know, things in church and, and whatnot. Um, I, re I do humbly remember where I started from. And, um, you know, I know that I'm still the same person today. There's, there's nothing that has changed about me um, since then as a person. Um, but I'm still that same person that, you know, Nobody saw as anything more than a mailroom clerk. Um, and even though I might be, you know, a, a mortgage analyst uh, these days and doing quality assurance and, um, you know, being involved in uh, big projects that impact 
people's lives at uh, the bank I work for. Um, you know, even though I'm doing those things today, there's still no difference in, in who I am. I'm still that guy in the mailroom clerk uh, who couldn't get photocopies right every now and then, or you know, somebody who would not do something in a timely manner, and somebody else would look down upon uh, because of my lowly station at time in my life. Um, so I remember where I've been as I still move forward um, to the future. Um, and that brings me to point number six about being awesome. <clears throat> Be thankful because everything you have today could go away. We're not promised even so much as the next heartbeat, let alone tomorrow. Um, and I recognize for all the awesome opportunities I've had to pursue in my life and um, my wife and my health and my job and my family um, and the, the country I live in and the church I go to and the people that I know and who are involved in my, my life. I ultimately recognize that this could all be gone tomorrow. Um, and, you know, I could go from um, the heights of my current career, which really aren't that high at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, I've, I, I do consider you know, them pretty established and they haven't been easy uh, positions and opportunities to obtain um, by any stretch of the imagination. I've had to, to really bust my butt to get where I am uh, today. Um, and that's, that's no exaggeration What? Soever. I've really, I've really dug in hard um, to get where I am and make the life I have for myself and for my family. Um, but at the end of the day, it could all go away tomorrow. And I ultimately recognize it's all in the Lord's hands. And the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But you know, at the end of the day, blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, just as the Bible says. Tip number seven about how you can be awesome. Laugh often and sing much and don't apologize for, for doing either. <laughs> uh, even if you t aren't very good at telling jokes and you don't sing very well. Uh, some may argue that I don't do either um, very well. And I would concede that I probably um, don't sing uh, very well. Um, but I like to think I'm at least somewhat funny. Uh, at least in certain contacts I am. I don't know. Maybe you guys don't find me very funny. But uh, if you're still listening, maybe you do find me funny. I don't know. Tell me. Jimmy at jimmystable.com or reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter. Do you find me funny? <laughs> and funny, haha, not funny. Like, oh, ooh, I don't know about this. Uh, well, you know, there are some people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this guy. This, this guy's kind of strange. <laughs> um, but there are some people who find me a riot. Uh, I hope you're one of them. <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, laugh often, sing much, rejoice in all the good and beauty that is in your life. Um, you know, we have so much to be thankful for. God has done great and awesome things, not only in creating us fearfully and wonderfully, um, but God has uh, blessed us with so many things. Um, he has given us truly a good life. Um, and even, even if your life is hard, and don't get me wrong, life can be hard. I, I know I've, I've, been, I've been to the hard places of life. I, I know, like I've said many, many times, I know what it's like to be lucky if I'm broke at the end of the month. Um, so I know these things. Life, life is not 
always sunshine and lollipops and life is full of challenges and trials and tribulations and broken relationships and health problems and financial woes. But you know, there's still so much we can rejoice in. There's so much that we can laugh about. Uh, there's so much that can just put a song in our hearts. Um, and I think it is, it behooves us um, if we're not the type of people who, who laugh often and sing much, um, that, you know, we really truly sit there and look and discover the things in our life uh, that God has uh, given us so that we can learn to laugh and learn to sing. Um, because if we can't, then I truly question whether we are looking at uh, what God is doing in our lives. Um, and there are so many people out there who have it so far worse off than us. Um, many people who would often would kill for the life that we have uh, as individuals and who don't have that. But still yet, God has filled their hearts with much laughter and much song um, and much uh, rejoicing and thankfulness in their lives. And if you're not in that place where you can ever lean, uh, where you can ever laugh or sing, um, you know, get around some of those people that, that know those secrets of how to, to laugh much and to rejoice much, to sing much, um, even in the midst of trial and tribulation. Tip number eight, love richly. And by loving richly, I mean beyond your immediate sphere of influence, beyond your immediate sphere of family and friends who love you back. Love richly. You love your family, yes. Love your friends, yes. Uh, but don't just do so, I guess I love you sort of way. No, truly know what it is to love others with all your heart um, and to truly, to truly do it. And I think you know what I mean by that. I, I don't think I need to sit here and define that um, because I think if we were honest with ourselves, we know in our guts and our hearts that we don't love as richly as we should. We kind of have an edge about us. We kind of have a defensiveness about us. We kind of have an impassive, you know, just don't care attitude about us. We might even have a little chip on our shoulder um, and we just can't even be bothered for some people in our lives. Don't be that way, people. Life is too short. Learn to love deeply and richly. Uh, other people uh, in this world. Okay, tip number nine. Always do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Just as Jesus said. That's what awesome people do. Don't sit there and just think, I'll have to do something or, you know, ignore an opportunity um, to do something even though it's in your power to, to do the thing that has come to your mind. Um, but sit there and think when you see an opportunity to do something. What, what am I going to do in this situation? Am I just going to do enough to get by to get this person off my back? Or am I going to go all out? Am I going to love them richly? Am I going to treat them as if I were treating myself? Um, learn to do that in your life and see how that doesn't change you. And finally, folks, tip number 10 and the points, the keys of being awesome. Remember that life is not about you. Ask God what you can do to better serve others and grow in the garden that he has placed you in. You know, and that's why I say like the Barney Stinson thing about uh, this self, um, 
you know, uh, prideful self-individual who is cocky and full of themselves. This has no place in awesomeness. Um, Barney Stinson is a parody of what an awesome person is supposed to be like. Um, the truth is you have the opportunity to be awesome. Um, and you can do that not by being full of yourself, but you can do that by um, doing all these nine things that I said before and this tenth one of not being full of yourself. And it's really just that simple, folks. That is what being awesome is all about. And I believe in my heart of hearts, God has called each and one of us to be awesome individuals, to be Individuals who realize that they are fearfully and wonderfully made um, and to, to rejoice in God and, and the creation um, that he has made and that creation you're part of. And um, there is no arrogance in rejoicing uh, and, and that. It's simply delighting yourself in God and his goodness and what he has done for you in this world. And so I think we all need to learn to be awesome people. Well, everybody, this is Jimmy Humphrey. I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode, episode number 10 um, of the Jimmy's Table podcast. All episodes are available on jimmystable.com. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, and other places that podcasts are available. Be sure to write reviews uh, on any of uh, yeah, on the jimmystable.com website. Um, or on Spotify or iTunes or wherever they allow you to make comments. B, uh, I, w I welcome your comments, um, and don't be afraid to write me at jimmy at jimmystable.com or reach out to our Facebook page or Twitter where we like to have conversations, share memes, and do all that sort of fun stuff. Oh, and shout out to uh, you guys just to be on the lookout for it. I've already started publishing it. I'm going to be publishing some more. Uh, I've decided not to do some YouTube videos anytime in the, the, the near future um, when it comes to food, simply because I don't want to spend the, the money <laughs> on it. Um, it's, you know, I need some more money to, uh, to make uh, some videos at the quality I would like to make them. And I just, man, I'm not going to spend, you know, $100, $200 on something right now. It's just a side gig hobby uh, sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I have started posting on the jimmystable.com website some food recipes and how to do some stuff. Uh, I have already posted a, at the time of this recording um, about how to make the best burgers ever. I highly recommend you go over to jimmystable.com and check out how to make the best burgers ever. There's a, a food drop-down menu option on the top of the page, or if you just scroll back. Uh, and I'm getting ready to publish something about making steaks. So, you know, as the summer progresses and you make burgers and you can make steaks, you can learn to make them awesomely and learn to make them like I do uh, so that you'll get to the point if you do these simple techniques that I recommend. I don't provide exact recipe. I just provide some simple guidance and techniques. Um, but if you learn to do them this way, you'll never get a burger at another restaurant again. And you'll never go to Outback or Longhorn or Ruth Chris or any of these places where... They specialize in making burgers and steaks. Um, you might, well, you might occasionally do that as, you know, as a way to treat yourself or whatever. But you're going to get to the point where if you make burgers and steaks like I make burgers and steaks to where you're going to be like, why bother? I can make a better if, or just as good, if not better, steak or burger at home. 
And honestly, I, I, I order burgers every now and then. I, I love me some Five Guys. Five Guys makes some pretty good hamburgers. Um, but I've, I'm at the point in my life now where I can't even remember the last point in time that I ordered a steak at a restaurant. That's how simple it is to make such a great steak. You can do it so much cheaper than it costs a restaurant uh, at a restaurant. Um, and you're going to sit there and think, their steak's not all that great, and I can do just as good, if not better, at home. Now, you might occasionally run across some really fancy steakhouse that that really does a steak, you know, at an exceptional level that, you know, you can't even, because of their technique and so forth. But, but you know, there is nothing special about making a great burger or steak. It doesn't require all sorts of crazy, extravagant ingredients and, te- you know, techniques or or methods or anything, they, they really all boil down to the same basic techniques. Um, so anyway, I won't get lost in the details about that. Maybe I'll even make a podcast podcast episode where I can uh, tell you how to make great burgers and steaks. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to point you to jimmystable.com where you can find out more information. Um, and be on the lookout on Facebook um, for postings about uh, great burgers, steaks, and all the other yummy goodness that I'm going to teach you. So anyway, hope everybody's having a great day. Take care. This is Jimmy Humphrey at jimmystable.com.